Okay, if I could ask you to grab your seats and um, stand with me. Yeah, please stand with me. We'll have some scripture up on the screen. We'll read that out loud together. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that they may boast in your flesh. You may be seated. So I, I hope for you uh, it was ex- as exciting for me uh, to see Pastor Matt Cruz um, up on the screen, knowing that right now he's in Africa uh, with Sam Newcomer visiting a missionary family of this church. So how I'd like to start is if you would just pray with me. We'll, we'll pray for their time out there. Uh, God, thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. Thank you that uh, your message of the gospel is not just for one people, but it's global. It's for everyone you've made. So God, uh, we pray that you'd bless the work of our Seven Mile Road family in Africa. Uh, we pray that this trip by Pastor Cruz and Sam would be an encouragement to the looses, that it'd be life-giving to everybody, uh, and that it'd be fruitful and for your kingdom. We'll give you the praise. Amen. So, how do you spot a false gospeler? It's easier to say false teacher. It'd be nice if a false teacher had a mark like Cain, given by God, or had a tattoo on their forehead that said false teacher, uh, but they don't. They don't self-identify as false teachers, and so often they have the air in the speech about them that makes them seem like they're genuine teachers. Um, So how do you spot a false teacher? How do you spot a false teacher? Well, the Bible tells us one clear and present mark of a false teacher is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy meaning one of the dead giveaways that a teacher is not genuine um, is that they will not practice themselves what they teach and what they preach. So if a teacher is not genuine but is rather fake, they'll prove themselves to be so every time by their lives, by their behavior, by their actions. So, so that's what we're going to do today. We're gonna, how do you identify a false teacher? Well, one of those ways is hypocrisy. That's what we're doing. We've been preaching through the book of Galatians. This is where we are in the text. This is one verse today. It's Galatians 6.13. And Paul says this. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law. But they desire to have you circumcised so that they may boast in your flesh. So Paul's saying that the false teacher's motive is selfish. They want to exalt themselves by getting something out of you. So Paul's saying, look, look closely at what this is. They're telling you to keep the law like themselves. But look, look, they don't even keep the law. And that's hypocrisy. So some, some words of caution, then I'll pray. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, there's some, some really scary uh, teachings from Jesus in there. And in verse 15, Jesus says, beware of false prophets. That's just another way of saying, hey, look, watch out for false teachers. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Okay, so that right there is very clear teaching 
on how a false teacher is a hypocrite. So Jesus is saying a false teacher is going to seem like they are one of God's. They will talk and sound like they are holy, like they have high moral standards. But when you peep under the hood, when you roll back the curtain, when you look beyond the facade of their outward appearance, they're like a wolf pretending to be a sheep among sheep. So Bible has a lot to say about hypocrites. Matthew 7 is just one place. And it gets, Jesus gets even more clear and even a little bit more frightening as he continues on. And he says in verse 22, as he's talking about judgment, the final judgment, he says, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And Jesus says he's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So I don't think there's anything more terrifying than standing before Jesus and thinking you're genuine and having him say, you're fake. Having him put down a declarative ruling on your head that you are an imposter, um, that you're a hypocritical, false Christian teacher. So th- this will be bad, clearly, for everybody who's in um, this position of thinking that they're good with God when they're not. But it's going to be way worse for deceived pastors and teachers and preachers um, who are full-blown hypocrites with false motives, false intentions for believers. Um, Charles Spurgeon, who I love, had a line about judgment. and It stuck with me. I'll read it. He said, God shall ring you. He says it in that old, that old school voice. And if you have not the ring of the pure coin of grace, he shall nail you down forever as a counterfeit. So, intense line, right? There's a day coming when everyone will stand before Christ and he will determine whether it's fake or it's genuine. He'll draw the line between life and death. So, why I'm saying this? I say this to acknowledge before everybody in the room that I am right now in the position of a gospel teacher, preacher. And I am myself teaching on people's lives, teaching on teachers whose lives do not uh, live up to the standard of their teaching, and they expose themselves as hypocrites. So can you imagine if I myself proved to be a hypocrite? Terrible. It'd be a double whammy. A hypocrite teaching on hypocrisy. So um, if, if I was a hypocrite, this would be like me aiming a gun at my own head if my life does not demonstrate gospel faith and repentance. So um, do you see how deadly the position of a Christian teacher can be? Teaching the Bible is a dangerous thing. It makes many people into hypocrites. And this is why. A changed heart is not necessarily needed for you to formulate smooth words with your mind and then use your mouth to speak fine speech. You don't need a changed height to do that. So a hypocritical false teacher will hide with their mouth and their mind the fact that they're dead inside. Okay, all that to say that no one should take a sermon on false teaching lightly, and I wanted everyone to know that I work through this issue myself with God And um, I'm I'm not taking this lightly. So my aim today is going to be this. 
I just want to show how Paul, in this verse, helpfully exposes false teachers uh, as hypocrites, and then I'll just trust that the Spirit will do something beneficial for us. So, so pray with me before I go. Uh, Father, I thank you for your word and how every single bit of it is uh, profitable for living in Jesus. Uh, by your spirit, help us towards a clear understanding of hypocrisy. Protect uh, your seven-mile road pastors from false teaching and hypocrisy. God, uh, we need you to do this. We ask you to do this. Amen. Okay, uh, we've called this uh, Galatians sermon series, Jesus Plus Nothing. And that's because all people need in order to be accepted by God is Jesus only. So the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus received by grace through faith. That's it. Jesus is the only ingredient in God's recipe for salvation. There's just one thing there, and it is Jesus. Given by grace, received by faith. So Paul's received this grace And he went and he preached this Jesus-only message to the Galatians. And now he's having to defend against false teaching in Galatia. So we've called these false teachers Judaizers. And the reason we've called them Judaizers is because they're adding to salvation, Jesus-only salvation, by saying, you need to keep the law of Moses. So what they're doing is they're trying to make Gentile Christians... Jewish in form and practice in order for them to be saved. So now we've already been preaching through, and Paul has already just absolutely decimated this argument, biblically and theologically. And now he gets to the end of the letter, and he's going to go postal, like wacko, on the motives and intentions of the false teachers. This is Paul's expose. So he grabs the pen himself, and he's like, ah, they're cowards. And then he's holy, so he pauses. I think he prays. And then he goes, ah, they're showmen. And then lastly, he goes, they're hypocrites to boot. So that's our text. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law. Paul's exposing a contradiction in the false teachers between their teaching and their lifestyle. The Judaizers are teaching that the law is needed to save. But then they do not themselves keep the law. So how is that useful for saving? So as we we go through this, I'm going to speak to hypocrisy in three categories. I'm just going to stuff them in there. The first will be it's deceptive. The second will be hypocrisy is dishonoring. And then lastly, we'll cover deadly. Hypocrisy is deadly. And then we'll close. But before we do that, and before I scare the pants off of every Christian in this room, I need to first speak to um, who Paul is talking to here and who he's not talking to. So I think this will be helpful. Try to keep this in your mind as we go. Hypocrisy is a temptation for every believer that needs to be guarded against, fought, and repented of. But it's a condition of false teachers. So hypocrisy is a temptation for everyone, but it's a condition of false teachers. Paul's not calling every Christian who is ever guilty of hypocritical sin a fake, false, unregenerate false teacher. He's not doing that. He's very specifically writing to teachers and preachers. 
whose motives for the believer are something other than the work of Christ. So I think, if you remember months ago, I preached on the confrontation between Paul and Peter, and that was in chapter 2 in Galatians, and you remember what happened. Peter and those with Peter had removed themselves from the Galatian dinner table. And they did that for Jewish cleanliness reasons. Basically, Peter didn't want to be ridiculed by his own piety for eating with non-law-keeping, unclean Gentiles. So because of this, Paul's like, Peter, that's hypocrisy. You're a hypocrite. And it was hypocrisy because Peter believed and preached and knew that Jesus is enough to make someone clean, not the law. And so Peter acted like that wasn't true, and Paul went, you're a hypocrite. Now here's what I'm getting at. All Christians are weak and sinful. Every Christian is weak and sinful. Even Peter, who the Bible calls Dirac, right? Even Peter was guilty of hypocrisy in himself. But at, Peter would not be called a false teacher. Peter demonstrated a weakness, lack of backbone, and he sinned in hypocrisy. Um, and that made him, you would say, a temporary hypocrite. But Peter would have identified this, said, you know what, you're right, God forgive me, and he would have repented of this. So Paul in our day, in this letter, is dealing with false teachers, not weak Christians who proclaim Christianity, but still sin. So it's not, this line in Paul is not aimed at the Peters, at Christians who struggle. Uh, It's aimed at false teachers. So I hope that's clear. I hope that helps, and, and we'll revisit this a little bit more at the end. Okay, first point. Uh, hypocrisy is completely deceptive. Hypocrisy is deceptive. Example of this. So I like to pride myself on being a really hard worker, all right? And the reason I think I like to pride myself on that is because I have this fear that I'm not a hard worker. I'm a spoiled American, right? If, if I could, I would cater towards laziness if there was life in it. So, but because I'm, I pride myself on hard work, when I walk by my coworkers' desks and I see that they're on Facebook and not working, I go, ha. Oh. I look up to heaven and I say, thank you, God, for not making me like this here time thief at work. I pat myself on the back and I'm like, yes, God, thank you. I feel good. So let me expose myself right here and now. I have gone on Facebook at work, condemning, completely damaging to my character. I'm positive Facebook is the American employer's bane, I swear. At my work, I don't know about your work, but when you walk by the the cubicles and you walk by the offices when you're in the walkways, no one's computer is facing out. No one's screen is facing out. They all have the back of their screen facing out. And every time I walk by, I'm like, surfing the net, surfing the net. I never think anyone's working. Now, that's my own sin displaying itself. And what have I done? At those times, I hide my hypocrisy. I forget that I don't do the same thing. So you see how hypocrisy works? Hypocrisy is completely deceptive as a general rule. Now, let's speak to full-blown false teaching hypocrisy. The, teach, the false teacher does not realize that they're guilty of not living up to their own standards. They don't realize that they're teaching others to do something 
that they're not teaching themselves to do. The false teacher, for example, will preach and teach that you are never to go on Facebook at your work. You're never to go on non-work-related websites. And then they'll walk into their cube or their office and they'll do the same thing. They'll completely forget that they were preaching on that. So the hypocrite is blinded by pride. Hypocrite is always perfectly fine with themselves. Always. They're pretty much perfect in their own eyes. They're not humble. right? There's nothing wrong with their character. They do not have the flaws that other people have. They're not racked by the sins that the common folk are racked with. right? But when you peep under the hood, when you roll back the curtain, they always do the same thing. And so now hypocrisy is also doubly deceptive. It's doubly deceptive. It's deceptive to the hypocrite, but it's also deceptive to the person listening to the hypocrite. And I get this from Jesus in Matthew chapter 23. Uh, All throughout that chapter, he, he drops what I call woe bombs. And in 15, he goes, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you travel across sea and land to make a single convert. And when he becomes a convert, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourself. So notice that in these verses, the hypocrite is already a child of hell. By the way, which they did not know and they would have undoubtedly disagreed with. But also notice that they're making children of hell. It's doubly deceptive. The genuine hypocrite doesn't know that he's a hypocrite because hypocrisy is a pride thing. I'll say that again. It can't see itself for what it really is. And here's another work-related incident for me to illustrate here. Um, I tend to stroll into work a little late, and I like to leave a little early. I'm living the American dream, right? Those who get to show up late get to leave early, work less, make more. You know this? Okay. So... I'm exaggerating a little bit about my work ethic here just for a sense of comedy and give you illustrations. If anyone from my work listens to this, I'm screwed. But I'm going to continue. I generally tend to show up either right on time or just a little late. But every once in a while, I'll throw a 20 to 30 minute early arrival in there. Switch it up. And that makes me feel so good. I am my work's best employee. That day, someone should come up to me and say, you, you're getting a raise. Amazing worker. I come in early on that day, and I deserve that Employee of the Year award. I deserve it. And then on those early days and after those early days, you know what I do? I watch the people who are coming in late. And I go, look at you, scumbag. I hold them accountable to my self-righteousness, right? I look up to heaven and I say, thank you, God for not making me like this here, 21st century spoiled American. Now, what have I just done? I've made myself a hypocrite. Again, I've forgotten that I often stroll into work late. That is the nature of hypocrisy. It's full of pride, and genuine hypocrites are completely blind and deceived to the nature of their own hypocrisy. But how about how it deceives others? So know this. False teachers are very, very good at looking 
like real teachers. This is why it's so important, so important to know the character and the life of those who are watching over your soul. Um, False teachers will have great speech. They'll have high moral standards. They can pray the loudest. They will speak the boldest. They have nice slicked back hair. Wait a second. Um, They've got the finest suits on, right? All this. They've got what would seem like a squeaky clean demeanor. And because of all this outside glamour, people fall for the deception. The biblical description for this is from Jesus. It's another woe bomb. He says, Woe to you, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and uncleanness. See, hypocrites need to keep people on the outside of their life because on the outside is where all the integrity is. If they let people on the inside of their life, that's it. Game is up. They're exposed for what they really are. They're like finely painted tombstones that sit over graves with dead people's bones inside. That's what Jesus is saying. So this deception uh, by the false teachers and even the people is how it was working in Galatia. The Judaizers did not know that they were promoting a mode of salvation that they were not guilty of keeping, that they were guilty of not keeping. They thought that because they had natural circumcision, they were law keepers. They did not understand that they were guilty of breaking numerous commandments in the law, and therefore they weren't righteous under the law. Now the deception and the danger for the people, for the Galatian Christians is that they almost bought this. They almost believed this. It sounded right. It looked right. The teaching had some Bible thrown in it. And because of this, they're tempted to buy into this teaching. So know that it deceives, right? But it is also completely dishonoring to Christ. And that's where I want to go next. It's dishonoring. It's dishonoring because it poses as the real deal. It poses to be of Christ, and it's not. And worst of all, people on the outside looking in see this. So hypocrisy is a Christ-dishonoring matter because it's such a terrible witness. Now, again, I'm I'm speaking to false teachers in this, but I want to illustrate just how it's dishonoring in general. I spent almost uh, two years, just, just about two years, in Springfield, Missouri, and I don't have a lot of time to get into it, but Springfield, Missouri is just a little bit different than Greater Boston. And um, there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of Christians, uh, there's a lot of Christians attending Christian colleges. It's kind of a Christian-y place, or at least I can speak to the circles I was in. So I learned two things, one of them being that waitresses out in Springfield hate to get from their restaurant the noon shift on Sundays. They hate to get the noon shift on Sundays. So someone told me this, and I asked them why. And they said that it's because Christians get out of church on Sunday, and they all go out to eat together. I was like, okay, it doesn't sound all that evil. And they said they hate to be on shift at those times because Christians are such bad tippers. I said, strippers? And they said, no, tippers. And I said, I'd never heard this before. 
That means there's a bunch of waitresses living in Springfield, Missouri, or other Christian-y places, and they think that what it means to be a Christian is that you cheat. They think that to be a part of Christ means you're cheap. You're a cheap person. They go, why would I want that? That's a hypocritical witness, right? That's why it's so dishonoring to Christ, because the actions of those who proclaim Christ, their actions reflect back on Christ. And, and we know this, right? Most of the time, a child's actions will reflect back on the parent, right? This is an example of how hypocrisy dishonors Christ when believers, believers, uh, fail to live out the teaching. But how about in false teachers? So Pastor Moran opened up the service with a, a reading out of Romans 12. Um, and in that text, Paul is speaking directly to teachers who teach the law of God, but they do not themselves teach themselves at the same time, right? So they teach the law so that it can be observed in others, but then they themselves break the law. So that's an accusation against them as hypocrites. As This is hypocrisy, Paul's saying. And because of this hypocrisy, Paul ends with a, with a terrible line. He says, The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. He says, The name of God is dishonored among the nations, the people, because of you. So how much scorn and contempt do you think is thrown on the work of Christ when a confessing Christian teacher is caught up in legitimate scandal. These stories happen all the time. And this is how it always plays out. The people who are under that hypocrite's ministry, they're always, always deeply wounded by this. And what also always happens is people on the outside of the church look in and go, you want me to be a Christian? You want me to go to church? So I, I recently had lunch with a coworker. Um, he's like he's a guy in his mid fifties, and I had been sharing the gospel with this guy. And uh, the second time we we actually we met up, we got lunch, and we started talking, and somehow we landed on Sundays and church. And he started to talk about all the reasons in his mind as to why he wasn't attending a church. And he said something like this: He said, "I'm not going to go to church." where all those pedophiles are. He was referencing at the time that the Catholic Church scandal with all those sexual abuse cases that came out um, recent years. So what's my point? That guy's view of the shepherd, of the pastor, of the priestly ministry is that those people touch children. That's heartbreaking. That is Christ dishonoring. So those scandals happen all the time, and it's not just confined to the Catholic Church. Um, the Bible warns us against false teachers. It, they were all over the place at the time, and they're all over the place now. They preach and they teach, and they put on this outside shell that looks Christian, but they are not Christian. They're hypocrites, they're liars. Now, let me speak here to Seven Mile Road specifically. And I don't do this to puff us up, uh, to put us on a pedestal. That's not what I'm trying to do. Like, seriously, God save us uh, from hypocrisy in this church. But 
there's a bunch of God-fearing, uh, gospel-saturated, solid churches in the country, and that is because God is gracious and God is faithful. That's the only reason solid churches exist. But I want to demonstrate how serious the office of teacher, of pastor, uh, should be taken and is taken here at Seven Mile Road. So our elders here analyze the character of a potential teacher and pastor long before that person is affirmed in the office of pastor. That goes for deacon as well. So, And all the while that pastor is serving in their ministry, they are watched, their character is watched, and their life is, in, is the pastors of the church are involved in that person's life. So this church is striving to have leaders that are themselves striving for holiness. We are trying to establish a culture here that is transparent and that allows for the open confession of sin among its pastors, among its people. So it's incredibly important to know the character of those who are involved in, a, in over you in church oversight. It's important to know the life of the person in the pastor role. So again, to be clear in this, this is not to say that a teacher, pastor, never sins. But that a teacher is under constant church oversight by plural eldership and by the local congregation. That is to protect that pastor's soul, and it's to protect the souls of those who are under their leadership. So we strive for this here. The reason I'm saying this is because this is a Christ matter. This is a Christ dishonoring matter. So what we've done now is deceitful. We've done dishonoring. And now let's, let's finish here with deadly. So hypocrisy in a false teacher is deadly stuff. And its end is condemnation. So when I opened, I referenced Matthew 7. Jesus in there is talking about the judgment. And what he's getting at is there's going to be those on the last day that are caught completely by surprise. Completely. They will have thought that they were living in the service of Christ when they were not at all their whole life. And there's no question what Jesus means when he says stuff like, Depart, I never knew you. For Jesus to say, depart, I never knew you, is eternal death. That's death. Jesus warns about hypocrisy all over the New Testament. In Luke 12, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And so Jesus doesn't warn for no reason. Paul doesn't warn for no reason. And Jesus' warnings against hypocrisy are the same thing that Paul is himself getting at with the Galatian Christians. Paul says, hey, they teach the law, but they don't keep the law. In other words, make no mistake, these are false teachers who are peddling and offering you a mode of salvation that is death to them, and it will be death to you. They would have you keep the law so that they can have something to boast about, but look, they don't keep the law. Their teaching is death. Just look at their lives. He says, look, look, they don't keep the law. A false teacher will always, always expose themselves by living in contradiction to their own teaching. And to live this way is death. All right, some couple points here, closing on application. First one is the same exact one as last week. Beware of the false 
teachers. So it is so right and it is so biblical to know that a teacher is practicing what they preach. A false teacher will look good. I've been saying it. They'll sound good. They'll tell you all kinds of things about your body, about your mind, about your life. They'll tell you stuff that you're missing and you need this and you need to get that. They're highly motivational. They're highly gifted. They can be highly charismatic, etc. All of this. But when you look at their lives, it will not display humble gospel living. It's one of hypocrisy. They do not themselves do what they tell people to do. A false teacher will always have the aim of getting something from you. And it can be a list of things, right? Money, fame, church attendance, popularity, whatever it is. And they will expose themselves every time by their lifestyle. So a false teacher is not a pastor who tells you, brother, sister, look, it is right for you every morning to get your heart around the work that Christ did for you on the cross. Read your Bible daily. Pray daily. And then they go and they don't do that on a Tuesday. That's not what we're saying. The hypocritical teacher is not the pastor who goes, look, watch your eyes. Make sure that your heart is not lusting after a man and woman that is not your spouse. And then they're driving down the street and they look at a a woman on the sidewalk walking down the street. Those are all causes for repentance. Absolutely. But I'm not saying that that pastor is necessarily a false teacher. That pastor is a sinner, for sure, and needs to repent and strive for holiness and walking by the Spirit. But they're not a hypocritical false teacher. So I'm saying, beware of the, the false teachers who preach and teach with ulterior motives, and then they expose this by their lifestyle. So the second one is this, and and this is the cure. It's repentance. Repent. Repentance is the opposite outpouring of hypocrisy. It's the opposite characteristic of the hypocrite. The cure for hypocrisy is gospel repentance. Now, this is an important application for everybody. But I would hope that if for some reason there was a false teacher who goes on the Seven Mile Road website, and they happen to find this sermon online, I would hope that when they listen to it, what I said was repent. Stop with the fakeness. There will be a day when God looks into your soul. Now, it's the same thing for us in here. Hypocrisy is warned against all over the Bible. And wherever we see it in our own lives, we just need to repent of it. So know that a true, genuine hypocrite does not repent of their sin. The hypocrite's life is never open for brotherly and sisterly gospel counseling and questioning in community where sin is openly confessed. The hypocrite isn't going to look at their life in light of Scripture and say, ask themselves, do the outpourings of my heart that are producing my actions live up and demonstrate that I believe this truth. The hypocrite doesn't do that. So if you're sitting here, and you're scared to death of this sermon, and you're like, oh my goodness, and you, want, and you're like, oh, you honestly look at yourself, and you're like, I see some of this hypocrite in me. I, I see some of this hypocrisy sermon as being in me. 
what I can tell you is that's a really good thing. Uh, if the Spirit of God is bringing some healthy conviction into your life, then the Spirit is working in your life to produce repentance. And that is beautiful. That is gospel beauty right there. There's going to be times of hypocrisy in every Christian's life. Because living the sinless life is something that only Jesus could do and did do. So when the Holy Spirit convicts us and convicts you of sin, the cure for that is repentance. Pray with me. God, we take your word seriously. I thank you so much for your warnings against false teachers and how they demonstrate themselves to be so uh, through hypocrisy. God, I pray that you'd protect us from false teaching. And then, God, apply this home. Uh, Hit our own hearts with this wherever there is hypocrisy in our own life and we're faking and we're putting on um, outward displays. I pray that you'd expose that in us and you'd, you'd bring us to repentance and then bring much fruit above from that. God, we give you the praise. We thank you. Amen.